Welcome to the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, the podcast dedicated to inspiring dancers worldwide whose hearts have been touched by music and dance. The universal language of dance and music is spoken by many of us throughout the world. We want to motivate the dancer in you by sharing stories, insights, and ideas to enhance your journey. Join us now with your host, Charles Ogar. Hello, guys. This is Charles and Emily B. And we are bringing you part two of the six reasons why Kizoma sets your heart on fire. In the first podcast, we went over the first three reasons and it was pretty awesome. And we appreciate you guys coming out to check out the next three reasons. Like I said, this podcast is kind of to spread the overall knowledge of Kizomba. There's a lot of misconceptions out there. Some people are head over heels in love with Kizomba. Some people are like, I don't get it. Hopefully with this podcast, you kind of understand a little of the reason of why it is. And it means so much to so many people around the world. Is there anything we should say before we get started into the fourth one? Well, I think the fact that we love Kizomba so much that we couldn't fit everything that we love about it into one podcast, so we have to have a part two, is a pretty resounding reference for how lovable Kizomba is. So if the fact that part two even exists doesn't convince you, hopefully by the time we get through number six, we will convince our listeners. Ooh, I like that. That's a challenge. (laughs) It is. All right. So reason number four is this euphoric feeling of the whole world disappearing and having that light bulb Kizomba connection moment as Emily had put it before and I guess I, sh- I want to start off this topic of just realizing kind of like the state of the age that we're in right now is very digital um, we have Snapchat we have Instagram we have Facebook we have Twitter we have Vine we have all these different social media outlets and ways to connect we have plenty of fish we have tinder all these things to kind of get to know people and yes all of these things are awesome they allows us to kind of cross barriers of and get to know people and and share ideas and joys and happiness and knowledge and all that good stuff but i feel there's definitely a kind of a, a a con to all of this digital stuff it's like just being able to lack the the human to human connection uh, being able to go out to a dinner and not be on your phone. And I'm guilty of this as well. Um, just being able to go out for the dinner with a friend and not be on your phone the whole time or being able to like go anywhere or spend some quality time with another person and being able to appreciate actually being in somebody's presence versus just, um, I guess, maintaining that relationship digitally, you know? Absolutely. And I think the the draw for Kizomba, um, especially for those of us uh, for whom physical touch is our love language, is that it's so real and it's so it's so tangible, and it's a way of connecting with another human being in a not necessarily romantic way that I think a lot of times we don't really have in our society. So. For me, I think like euphoria is the best way to describe this moment. And most Kizomberos I know, and certainly most people I know who fell in love with Kizomba, had like this very clear, salient memory of a dance that they had with someone where they felt so present and so in the moment that the rest of the world felt like it slipped away. And I mean, to me, it's it's this amount of consciousness and pr- and presence of mind that it's, it's, it's difficult to achieve. Like you were saying, Charles, like in the digital age, 
when not just because people are connecting technologically, but also because we have so many distractions. Um, and to be connected in a way that is is so conscious, just it it just feels wonderful because humans are social creatures, and I think we're really built to crave that connection For with sure. other people and to feel interconnected and to feel a part of. And, um, you know, especially as a woman, the comparison of dancing Kizomba versus going to a bar and get hit on is just <laughs> like in a whole different level. Because I've, I've told Charles this before that like, if someone who I met Kizomba dancing, like walk up to me in a bar and try to hit on me, like I wouldn't be trying to hear anything that they had to say. Mm-hmm. But to, um but in the context of dancing, where we know socially this is, you know, we're what we're doing and we're just here to enjoy an activity. It doesn't have to be linked to, to dating or romantic interest or something. It, it really makes, um, as a woman, I'd say, makes me feel more comfortable about physic- being physically close with someone and um, sharing a dance, which in a lot of ways can be very intimate, but only in the sense that you're kind of mentally and emotionally connected to what's happening in that dance at the time. For sure, for sure. So two things came to mind with what you were saying. Um, the first one was kind of like the the kizomberos that you found that are like completely addicted to kizomba that have had this like transient, super connected, euphoric kizomba dance. I will say, and this will kind of be a, an assumption, but I would assume that the people who have not fallen head over heels with kizomba have not yet experienced that kind of special kizomba dance because depending on where you are, um, learning kizomba. Kizomba might be like, oh, you dance Zumba. It's like, no, it's not Zumba. It's Kizomba. <laughs> or, I mean, people might know what Kizomba is, but you can only get like one song or three songs in like a whole night of social dancing at a Latin club. Or you might not get any Kizomba. Or maybe um, you have to travel to a Congress because there's no Kizomba in your area. So depending on where you're at and how much Kizomba is around in your in your local area, the opportunity to dance Kizomba is really rare. And that's something we're going to be talking about as well is like having multiple dances with one person. Um, because if you don't dance those multiple dances with one person, it's hard to get into that, that I guess, super connected dance because it definitely doesn't happen in one song. And that's one thing I've talked about with a lot of salseros and bachateros is that they need to realize that it's okay to dance multiple songs with one person and you don't have to feel um, bad by it. Typically in salsa bachata, you just dance one song and then that's it. And if you do dance multiple songs with one person, it's like, ooh, look at them in the corner. They're dancing three songs to stay there. Bon, chico, wow, wow, or <laughs> totally. all sucky sucky now kind of thing, you know? <laughs> but in Kizomba, it's completely normal. Like, that's the norm. You, you dance 15, 20 minutes. I think my record was like an hour and a half with Elia Perez. If you're listening, I still remember you from Madrid, December 2012. <laughs> he still She's... talks about you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I totally do. That was, that was my magical Kizomba moment. It was really nice. Um, but yeah, like, if the, the environment has to lend itself into that kind of environment, you know? And if you don't go to like a Kizomba where like there's a DJ and there's like, he's mixing and he's reacting to the crowd, it's hard to achieve that. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I mean, I think it is important to, to distinguish it again from it not necessarily being a romantic thing. Like my light bulb Kizomba moment was when I was dancing with Tanya, when Tanya was leading me, when you guys were down here last year, mm-hmm. um, for the workshop and, um, you know, she's a friend. And after dancing with her for a certain amount of time, like I felt like I was reading her mind. And I guess that's kind of what I mean about being really connected and really present. It's not 
like meditating in the sense where you're just sort of going inward and trying to clear your mind from thoughts like your to-do list or, um, <laughs> you know, your argument with your boss or whatever like that. I think it's also about um, being conscious of what the other person is communicating to you non-verbally. And th the feeling um, for me as a follow is like, I find that I'm doing something and following something before I consciously realize I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, you know, I, it's, it's not like my brain. Kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, that'll happen a lot of times when I'm, when I'm practicing with Josh, he'll lead something and then I'll realize that he led it and that I'm doing it after it happened. And I didn't mm -hmm. realize that I did it. And I certainly didn't consciously think he's trying to get me to do this because I feel like I'm, I'm so connected that we're moving as, as one. Yes. Kiss as one as Cameron Marine like to say. Mm -hmm. So I just want to just make a quick note here that Kizomba is not the only dance where it's, um, accepted to dance multiple songs i remember going to a milonga at this tango festival not too long ago back in march last year and it's actually the i guess i don't want to say the rule but like it's the kind of how the social dance floor flows um you you, you ask somebody to dance and you dance a song then the song stops and there's like a little intermission and they play another song and you dance with the same person and during this intermission you get to talk and like converse a little bit then you'll dance the second song with that person i forgot the official names i know there's like a tanda and like a milonga and then i'm pretty sure somebody will be able to comment in the podcast and let us know exactly what the names are or if i googled it or something like that and you'll do this three times you know and then after you go through those three tango songs there's like a song that's kind of different from all the rest that lets you know okay that's the end of that round of three dances and then you go and dance another person but it's always if you ask somebody to dance, it's expected you're going to dance three songs with that person. And that's, that's the norm, you know? So I think with the reference or the similarities that we have between Kizomba and Tango, obviously Kizomba is not that um, structured, but I feel like sometimes I do want to have that structure just so people can like get out of their comfort zone and at least dance two to three songs. Um, because it is kind of like a Kizomba etiquette kind of thing, you know? I like that. The idea of changing the social norm of how many how many dances you get from one ask. <laughs> yeah, because it's kind of like this unwritten rule when you go to Europe or you go to other places that has like an established Kizoma scene. But for the people who are learning it here or who come from a salsa bachata background, they don't have they, they didn't get the unwritten rule book <laughs> to know what to do <laughs> on the Kizoma dance floor, you know. Exactly. And I'm thinking of that conversation that we had with Michael. Um, yes. about. <laughs> so he's he's going to appreciate the shout out, I'm sure. Um, Michael is relatively new to Kizomba and he's a badass salsero and bachatero more than anything. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was maybe maybe his his first social. Um, yes. It was his first social and I was dancing with him and he even though he was new to Kizomba, you know, we had a really great connection and I wanted to dance with him for a second song. Mm -hmm. And so um he wasn't sure we were talking about it afterwards. He wasn't mm -hmm. sure what to do when the song ended, mm -hmm. but I was so still, like I, I wasn't even like breathing <laughs> or moving my hair. I just, I wanted to be so still. So like <laughs> we could just move on to the second song and like, cause I was ready to dance the second song with him. Uh -huh. And he was talking about how he was, he was sort of insecure about it. I was like, well, mm -hmm. does she think that I'm being, being clingy or like, does she even want to dance with me again? Because, you know, I've seen her dance with other people and I think she's more experienced than me, et cetera, uh, which is funny. And I think that's great because it just goes to say that um, you can have you can have that connection with 
someone who is a beginner and you cannot have that connection with someone who's really experienced that there's certainly being a more experienced dancer helps to like mm-hmm. reach that euph- euphoric keyzone by nirvana and it's and i mean i definitely experienced it a lot more in europe when i was dancing with more experienced dancers mm-hmm. but there's also this other thing and this this like kind of x factor and i think it's like the same sort of chemistry you have with meeting a new friend or even dating where you just kind of connect with someone when you're on the same wavelength and that non-verbally somehow you know our energy we're communicating with each other um and this way through dance and you can you know find and and then like michael became my friend you know exactly um so i think you should tell the story about meeting brandon for the first time oh okay um since we're giving shout outs to cool people, I like. <laughs> hey, Brandon. Um, Brand- <laughs> What's up, Brandon? Brandon is in, where is he, Ohio? I think he's in Ohio, yes. He's in Ohio. Okay. So, um, Charles has a forum called uh, Kiz Connection, and he, you know, posts different topics that are related to Kizomba or dancing in general. And um, there are a few names that come up a lot where I find that I really, you know, kind of resonate with some of the comments that they're making, and Brandon was one of them. Um, and I was noticing, like, yeah, I was liking his comments a lot. He was liking my comments a lot. And then oh, I went sick to, sick <laughs> um, I went to Vegas uh, the weekend before last uh, for the Kizomba, Zouk, and Bachata Festival. And I didn't, like, recognize him right away from, um, like, the forum. But I noticed there was this guy who was, who was a good dancer. And so I grabbed him for a dance. And he said, oh, I think I know you. And I was like, what, stalker? Like, I had no <laughs> idea who he was. <laughs> um, but yeah, he recognized me from from the forum. And mm-hmm. I had awesome dances with him. Um, so yeah, I was just telling Charles that like we've talked about the reverse happening where you have great dance chemistry with someone, you know, like guy or girl, and then you hang out with them later and they, you know, become your friend because you realize that you totally vibe with them mm-hmm. on a in terms of your personality and everything. And this was sort of like the reverse engineering of that where, sure. um, you know, I was enjoying his contributions to this forum on Kizomba, but then also we had, you know, really, really good dance connection. Yeah. The same thing happened to me this past weekend in Tampa. There was this girl named Marie and she's in Montreal and we had been texting each other back and forth for like over a year and just like different stuff from time to time and we finally got a chance to meet each other in Tampa and we had really like awesome dances like musicality we were just dancing up a storm like it was really really nice to finally meet her and so it's kind of like that same story of like reverse engineering like meeting somebody vibing with them digitally (laughs) which is what we talked about before and then meeting them in person and then being able to like really just vibe with them in person so like you just have a drink with that person just feel comfortable around them you know Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yes. Kizomba love. Kizomba love. <laughs> All right. We're going to move on to reason number five. That was a really good chat. I, I'm, I'm kind of like patting myself and patting yourself on the back. I don't know. <laughs> I just felt that flowed really, really, really well. That was really awesome. Um, <laughs> um, so reason number five, Tara Shinya Magic. magic. Um, if you don't know what Tara Shinya is, I guess you can type it in and Google it and <laughs> see what it is. Maybe that might be the best introduction of what <laughs> But I guess um, a good definition would be like the hypnotic hip movement that grabs your attention with Kizomba. So I think we should say um, being like professional Kizomba educators, you know, 
um, there is like kind of traditional Kizoma that doesn't have the same sensual vibe as like Tadashinya does. So there's different flavors of Kizomba in like the Kizomba umbrella. So you have kind of Kizomba, which is kind of like a family dance that can be danced. Like I could dance Kizomba with my mom. I could dance Kizomba with my sister and things like that. Um, but if I danced a sensual song with my girlfriend, it's like kind of like the same moves, but like my intention, my connection is different with that person. And especially Tadashinya, that kind of takes the sensuality to another aspect that kind of incorporates more body movement that is not grinding, not grinding, not grinding, not grinding. Did I say not grinding? <laughs> tell them again. <laughs> not tell grinding. The, tell the people in the back. It's not grinding. Did you guys hear me in the back back there? Not <laughs> grinding. Um, Tadashinya is really just like a lot of like close body movement. And there is respect. There's etiquette that goes along behind it. It's not just the guy standing there, not moving, and the woman kind of moving in a snake-like fashion against him. Like it's a mutual dance, you know? So for the guys who are Kizombedos and you're not working on your body movement, I'm watching you. Hopefully. I'm watching you too. I'm not into it. I'm not into it. You gotta move your bunda too. Yes, for sure, for sure. And if we're gonna talk about bundas and like being famous and popular in the Kizoma world, of course, there's Sarah Lopez's bunda that's been all over YouTube and Facebook, and she's super popular. She's probably the most popular Kizomba in the Kizoma world for a while now. Mm -hmm. Especially even after her breakup with Albia, she's still kind of been kind of crazy and people love her energy and her vibe and of course her her bunda so my before i talk about the appeal for the guys being visual creatures and the woman moving their bunda which is kind of obvious let's go ahead and talk <laughs> about a woman's appeal to want to move in that way so i think like a lot of people um one of my introductions to kizomba was seeing albir and sada dance together on youtube and it, it to me it was so different from what I was used to for salsa and bachata and that like, it seemed sensual, but there was so much movement um, that was coming from her hips. And I just was really, it really appealed to me the idea to dance in a sensual way, um, but to have it be, you know, something that's like, like a social dance uh, mm -hmm. that you can, that you can go out and do. And I think, I, I think for a lot of women, not just, not just me, they really feel as though, their sensuality is a huge part of their personality. And I think a lot of times we get sort of mixed messages in our society about how really to express that. Definitely. We have like a real hookup culture where people, you know, go out to bars and meet each other and go home together. And I think for a lot of people, that's maybe the only way to express their sensuality, which is really so limited, right? To just like a like a sexual context and it's also kind of it's not very connected and it's not very intimate if For it's sure. just this sort of random thing but i think it's a very natural and human thing to to crave not only intimacy with other people but the expression of your own sensuality and i've i've been to other countries and other cultures where it feels a lot more expect uh, accepted Mm -hmm. for people than it does here in the United States for people to express their sensuality. I think like slut shaming, for example, is a really big thing in the U.S., not mm -hmm. only in terms of someone's sexual habits, but also the way they dress and things like that. For sure. You know, I've been to other countries where it's much more accepted to, for example, go to the beach topless and it mm -hmm. doesn't have to be a topless beach for that to happen. Yeah, I, th I think a big part of the, the appeal is for there to be this this context where it's okay to be sensual and to express that and for it to not necessarily be associated with being sexually intimate with someone, you know, that it's just like, it's just a dance. It's something that you do, like people do karate or like, you exactly. know, drink wine and paint or whatever. 
and that the idea that this could be my thing. And, you know, along the same lines of Tarashinya not being grinding, I think the most important thing is that your hips don't go further forward than neutral. So you see a lot of movement and that's what makes the dance appear so sensually. But if you watch closely, um, you'll notice that when Sara Lopez is um, moving, her bunda is going backwards into her own space. Um, that forward humping. Yes, <laughs> not forward. And my experience has been um, dancing Tarashinya is when I have dances with someone where the guy is moving as well. It is so much more enjoyable and such a better like more but more respectful for sure dance and like a more skilled dance when um the man is moving as well because what i do if a man is holding completely still and he is just like pounding his fists on my lower back is i stand completely still because what it feels like to dance against someone who's not dancing at all it's like dancing at someone mm -hmm. you it's like it's like giving a lap dance to a statue <laughs> and it's about as sexy as giving a lap dance to a statue i've never heard that <laughs> reference i want to make a meme <laughs> that is totally going to be a meme i'm going to find a picture of a statue and be like guys don't be the statue you have don't to move your body this is dancing Tarashinya to a statue is not sexy PSA that's gonna happen that's definitely gonna happen uh, I, I think it should actually I got that idea from uh, I did a hashtag that's like something about lap dancing with a statue mm -hmm. um, on when I shared Marietta's post about men needing to move their bunda too yeah for sure and um, it's and it's so true and like if if this is my PSA fellas or just leads out there if you are incentivized to want to make a woman do these kinds of movements the best way you can initiate the movement in a way that she's going to feel like comfortable and expressive doing it is by moving yourself like mm -hmm. if you stand still you're going to get a creepy awkward vibe really soon and then wonder why she doesn't hold completely still when the second song comes on hoping sure. that you have another dance and she's she's running the other direction for sure, for sure, for sure. So there's a lot of good points that you just uh, made. And I just want to give like a shout out, another patent back to Emily. This is one of the major reasons why she's on the podcast with me <laughs> because she comes up with these awesome one-liners or nothing. <laughs> I just love it. But um, th this was like a major motivation. Like this is why you're on the first two podcasts of the podcast because you're just awesome. So um, as far as let's talk about just society for a second. So it's really weird. Like, I know, like, hearing you talk made me think about, like, the whole Free the Nipple campaign and just, like, how women, women's bodies are, like, centralized right off the back. But if you go to, like, other cultures, like, a human body is a human body. It depends on the context that makes it central or not. It's just not central right off the back. And then, like, the whole breastfeeding in public thing is a, a, a huge issue for some people. Some people are like, no, you can't do that. Those are sexual Things you can't have them flaunting around in public, but then you go to Victoria's Secret and see like a big blown up image of like boobs in a bra, and it's like almost like cut pretty low. So it's like, okay, what's the difference? You know, um, it's okay for somebody to do something like Victoria's Secret, but it's not okay for somebody to do something natural that's completely not sexual, you know? So that whole society, like that mixed message that you were saying, uh, is definitely. Uh, something that's out there you know and it's difficult to figure out what's what's supposed to be. We, we want women to be sexy but at the same time they can't be too sexy they can't have sex they can have sex or they can't have sex with too many people and we want them to dress sexy but then they can't dress too provocatively so it's like this balance between both of them you know and it's really confusing and then also as far as just back into the confinements of, of kizomba being able to express your sensuality in, in a in a safe way you know 
think it's an awesome outlet for that. I feel like it's an awesome outlet for guys as well. The statue is it's not a statue thing, kind of. It's, it's a mutual thing. It's kind of like having a woman in bed. You like you don't want to be a statue in bed, you know. <laughs> you really want to be able to move with your partner and like express yourself, you know. And some guys are really resistant to like learning the body movement, but I'm telling you guys, like once you get the body movement on point, like you definitely move up the ranks um, of, of Kizomba leaders at the socials of like who's enjoyable to dance with. And I feel sometimes a lot of us are all like, oh, I want to learn all of these urban kids moves and lifts and tricks and all this kind of stuff. And like, I mean, if you just focus on some good body movement, I'm pretty sure you'll have a line of guy of girls um, that will be willing, like happy to dance with you without any tricks and just some like really good gooey honey butt piston body movement, you know? <laughs> You were going to talk about the the bunda appeal from the guy's perspective. Ah, so obviously we're a visual creature, guys, you know? So, I mean, we see a woman moving her hips that way. And, I mean, I just want to say that a woman moving her hips is not something that's unique to Kizomba, you know? Like, you see it in bachata, you can see it in, in Kizomba, you can see it, like, with twerking, like, all this kind of stuff going on, you know? So it is a visual appeal. But I find it's really, really funny because, like... It, you see the girl, you're like, oh, man, she moves awesome. I want to dance with her. You dance with her and you can't see her action, <laughs> you know? So it's kind of like this this catch-22. Unless there's a mirror and then you're watching a woman's movement in the mirror. But guys, another PSA, do not be the guy at the social that posts up right next to a mirror and is just watching the body movement with the partner and not moving anywhere. It's, it's really obvious when you do that. And I don't think it it's enjoyable. It is so <laughs> obvious. It is, it's so obvious. And we're telling our friends about you. And... I have to say that when I'm dancing with someone, even if my eyes are closed and like someone comes in a room and they like they their attention is drawn away, like they look in another direction, mm -hmm. even if their head doesn't move, I feel like I can I can sense the guy's attention or, you know, or the lead's attention going somewhere else. Interesting. That's, that's true when you're dancing Tarashinya up against a mirror, <laughs> except I am competing with my own bunda for your attention. <laughs> and that is so weird. And it's not, it doesn't, it does, it's such a bad idea. Please yeah, don't. Yeah, I hear you. Um, so yes, no, no dancing Tarashinya in, in front of the mirror, guys. You see the girl, you want to dance with her. She moves really well. You dance with her, but you can't necessarily see her movement if you're at like a Kizoma social that doesn't have a mirror, you know? But I've created a meme that says that Kizoma has kind of taught you to appreciate the beauty of a woman without your eyes. And I think that's something that's really appealing to itself. Um, I would definitely say since I've learned Kizomba, like I can definitely appreciate eye candy and like a good toned body with curvy stuff. Like I'm a black guy, you know, you guys can kind of put two and two together, but at the same time, <laughs> put it, <laughs> but at the same time, dancing with somebody and not having your eyes closed and being able to appreciate like her presence and her body without necessarily having to see it. You feel it, you know, so you feel her beauty without having to see it. And I feel that kind of lends itself to appreciating intimacy, not necessarily judging a woman on, on how she looks, but how she feels in your arms and kind of how she makes you feel in general, like her connection, her vibe, you know? I love that. And it's, it, it, I think it's a big part of um, the appeal of Kizomba. And this kind of goes to that, you know, our fourth reason, the euphoric sky opening light bulb Kizomba moment where you feel so connected with someone is that um, especially as a woman, it's it feels so great to have someone's attention for an 
extended period of time and to have someone's attention not because of like necessary what you look like mm -hmm. so i think another common experience going back to I don't know, American society struggle with intimacy, mm -hmm. I guess, this is like the underlying theme. If you're like walking down the street um, and some guy cat calls you, you have his attention for maybe four seconds. Mm -hmm. And that's like a visual thing. But to have someone like be present with you and um, be connected and, you know, mentally paying attention to you without actually being able to see you, I, th I think that's something that's really unique to experience, especially with someone who isn't like your romantic partner necessarily. For sure. And I feel that might tie into people whose love language is quality time. Talked about a lot of people who love Kizomba that love the physical touch aspect of it. But I feel having somebody's undivided attention, which is exactly what quality time is, it doesn't really matter what you're doing, but just knowing that you have somebody's undivided attention, being in the present moment, um, they're not thinking of anything. They're just completely focused on you. I feel like that this almost every woman's dream. I'm not sure if it's every woman, but I want to say like a high majority of women, because even if you're like romantically involved with a partner, like how often do you get their undivided attention? You know, um, it's mm -hmm. not very, very common. And I feel like a lot of women just crave that undivided attention, just knowing that they're with somebody That's and true. the person wants to be with them, you know, and this would be an awesome segue into our kind of emotional intelligence kind of thing, you know, um, since we touched on the, the five love languages, I feel we should kind of, uh, give a little bit of information behind that. Uh, the five love languages is this book, um, that was written by the author Gary Chapman. And he talks about five different love languages that people use that like to express their love and also receive their love. And there's, it is, it's important to realize that expressing your love in one way and receiving your love is a different way. And depending on who you are and what you're more geared to, um, you typically score higher in two love languages. And so my love languages from top to bottom are physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, gifts, and then quality time. Um, and so everybody kind of scores differently, but I've been doing kind of like this undercover survey kind of thing with a, a lot of hardcore keys and <laughs> and the majority of them do score their top two is is physical touch so i mean that kind of goes into like maybe some people who just feel kizomba is meh it might they might not be super high on physical touch you know and for people who are high on physical touch kizomba can be like life-changing to the where they will fly 10 hours to go to europe to dance kizomba for a couple of hours in europe and fly back another 10 hours you know which happens pretty frequently so, yeah, I think it Kizoma has definitely opened up the doorway to, like, improve my emotional intelligence and nonverbal communication and being able to just feel your own good energy and, like, recognize the energy in others. Yeah, absolutely. Something that I experienced, it was like a year ago, I was at a Congress and there was an instructor there who he, I won't name him. Um, he teaches Kizomba and some other dances and I'd never danced with him before. And so I asked him to dance. And honestly, even though this was someone who was really experienced and who was an instructor, it was really just the worst dance. And I sort of sensed like his mind was somewhere else. And that's something that you can really notice when you're dancing with someone. And as you become more, I suppose, energy sensitive. So I think the people that are that are drawn to Kizomba are generally folks who enjoy this kind of connection mm -hmm. and maybe are already more perceptive, more emotionally perceptive or even emotionally intelligent or kind of even if you want to be more like metaphysical, more intuitive when it comes to, you know, sensing other people's energy or moods or something like that. So 
what that said to me was that it's really important you know, for me to give someone a good dance as either a lead or a follow, uh, to be really actually conscious of what I'm communicating non-verbally. So it's not only with my body language, which of course, I mean, we could say dance is a body language Mm -hmm. where we're giving clues and sending and receiving information based on, you know, what we're doing with our bodies. And that's especially the case for someone who's a lead and who's initiating different movements, but also you know, just with our energy. And um, this is something Marietta pointed out too during one of my privates with her when she was talking about, you know, someone just kind of like putting their arms around you and dancing with you or just, or just really being more intentional about it. And so for me, like, especially if I'm, for example, leading someone who's brand new, it it seems especially important to me to be very, very calm with my energy because a lot of times, more so with the follows too, they're just so nervous because they don't know what's going to happen. Um, and they're not, not confident in their ability to follow whatever comes. Uh, so I'm I'm really conscious about how I'm communicating just with my own energy. And so for me to like take deep breaths and to be very calm really makes a difference, even though this person can't even see my face and how that's carried over me, like for me in other areas of my life is that, you know, when I'm communicating with people, I, f- I forget what that statistic is, like what percentage of communication is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I, think, it's I want to say high. 80 to 20 percent, 80 percent nonverbal and 20 percent verbal. That sounds right. That's what like my gut, it's, that's it's what my gut says. A, yeah, I I wouldn't doubt it. I think that sounds right. And um, as someone who who deals with words in her job, I mean, I was much more focused on what I was saying and not necessarily how I was saying it. But to, when I see a friend um, that I haven't seen for a while and I give them a hug and I ask them how they are, the, the energy that I'm giving them when I ask them that, I try to also convey like, you know, I'm happy to see you. I really want to hear from mm-hmm. you. Um, and I, I think that makes that makes a big difference in terms of um, not only communicating effectively, but also being very feeling very connected, really cultivating that connection, even within a conversation with, you know, my friends who I adore so much. For sure. For sure. And just to touch a little bit on like dancing with a new person from a leader's perspective, sometimes you're dancing with a newer follower and she's so nervous sometimes about making a mistake or not knowing what to expect or just, I mean, I feel like my, your first job as a leader is to gain her trust. And then your second job is to get her to relax, you know, and she can't, she's not going to be able to relax if she doesn't trust you. Instead of trying to impress her or anything like that, you're really just trying to connect with her, feel where her energy state is and making sure that it's relaxed because it's so much better and enjoyable and, and easier to dance with a relaxed follow versus a tense follower. And sometimes people just don't even realize how much tension they have built up throughout the day or over a course of weeks or months or years over underlying issues. So it's almost like a meditative therapy almost, you know, just kind of figuring out and being able to find out exactly where your your tension level is, you know, and kind of tying into what we were talking about before about being able to connect with somebody regardless of their race, regardless of their age, regardless of their gender or their economic status or anything like that. I think it's really like it's going to tie into kind of like it's still within the same topic or the same reason, but the whole like culture. I feel like Hizomba is definitely uniting people as humans. Now, we all know there's a lot of rich culture with Angola and and Cape Verde, Compa and like Haiti and Pasala and like there's a lot of rich cultural experiences and influences on Kizomba. 
and there's a lot to learn about it. So we definitely, there's a, a plenty of awesome instructors that can give you a lot of information on the history and how it was danced back then and what it means to them back then and what it means to them now and things like that. But I feel even outside of that culture, me being able to connect with another human being um, that's from anywhere, you know, I mean, I've connected with some people that I probably wouldn't have never connected with in outside of the dance floor. You know, you have some really nice dance connections. And you feel that vibe, you know, and the vibe isn't how they look. The vibe is like how they make you feel. And I feel this kind of inspired the hashtag Earth Kids. We we're talking about it in that forum. Um, the kids connection on how just Kizoma has been uniting people and cultures kind of through its inception um, with the whole Zook and Semba fusion from the beginning. And that was like a mixture of musical genres and also a mix of cultures. So I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to have your own culture, respect your own culture, respect other people's cultures, and then still be able to like connect as human beings, you know? Absolutely. And of course it gives you an opportunity to meet people um, from so many different cultures. And I mean, it's interesting because, um, you know, Kizomba is obviously an African dance from Angola, but it has drawn in people from all different backgrounds here in the United States. Mm -hmm. There are folks, you know, like yourself, Charles, who, you know, whose family who were born here in the United States, but their families from Africa, but maybe a different country in Africa. Nigeria. Uh, yeah. For whom it really resonates. Right. There's a lot of Haitian people who, who dance Kizomba mm -hmm. and because of the Portuguese language and immigration patterns and everything, it's really blown up in Portugal mm -hmm. and perhaps because of some of the linguistic similarities that you have it in Brazil and here in the United States, the way Kizomba has been marketed through the Latin dance festivals, there are a lot of people like 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 you and I actually who are in that world who came over to Kizomba and they might be Latino or you know want to be Latinos like you and I. <laughs> honorary Latinos um, not want to be okay honorary Latinos Latinos de corazón que yeah. hablamos español bien claro que sí okay. <laughs> yeah or I think probably um, those of us who are really drawn to do Latin dance in the first place are just people who are are open-minded mm -hmm. and interested in having international experiences and meeting people from different cultures and listening to music uh, from different countries spoken in different languages. It's, it's, it's really almost like a way of traveling without actually going anywhere. Sure. And I, I, I experienced the same thing with Kizomba that I experienced from traveling, which is that in a sort of ironic way, when you're interacting with someone from a different culture, it's, like the usual rules and social norms don't apply and in a way that kind of allows you to be more authentic and more honest i agree i agree for sure it's a it's a beautiful thing for us to be able to unite on the dance floor with music and dance which is such a happy thing and we're not like fighting over politics or like race or like economic status or trying to start a war or anything like that we're really just being happy and just being um, human creatures that, that need that craving of that social contact and that touching contact. So I think that's an awesome way for us to end the the six reasons why Kizomba sets your heart on fire. Do you have any closing thoughts or PSA announcements for our audience out there, Emily? <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I think that is a good place to end it. But maybe maybe another thing to, to tack on is uh, the follows role if you're dancing with an inexperienced lead. And, you know, Charles was talking about how it's so important as the lead to get the follow, the follow who's the beginner follow to trust you and to feel comfortable. And I think for follows, the most important thing to give to the lead is a sense of confidence or to help them with a sense of confidence. And a big way we can help with that is by giving positive feedback in a nonverbal way by smiling or just conveying with your energy that you're, that you're enjoying the dance. Definitely. And I guess my final advice out there for the leaders is body movement is definitely going to take you a very long way with Kizomba and outside of like the whole sensuality, Oh, she looks sexy kind of thing. Really try to, to, get above that and really try to connect with your partner as a being and enjoy her presence without necessarily trying to get into her pants. You know, I feel like guys, we definitely have the capability to, to elevate to that, you know, and I'm not saying like, okay, like you really like a girl and you want to date her. Like that's all, that's all awesome. Like we're human beings at the end of the day. You don't have to be like this noble Kizoma dancer that never wants to date anybody. You know, I mean, all of my girlfriends that I've met, I've met through dance. So I'm not condoning that at all. But if your main aim is just that the girl can pick up on it for sure, just like you were saying before, Emily, when you did when you dance with that instructor. <laughs> so I mean, if you're looking for that genuinely and not just looking for like fun in the bed for one night, just I mean, enjoy the dance. And I'll also definitely say keep learning more and more about Kizoma. Um, Emily and I are learning more and more about Kizoma each day as we travel more and more and learn from different instructors. So it's definitely something that you guys want to continue to doing and hopefully with this podcast we'll be able to put some more information out there for you guys about kisomba about music about dance in general and that's kind of what i really love about this this medium is that we do get to talk about these things and have a cup of coffee with you our audience about these topics that we really put our heart and souls into sometimes you know Absolutely. And um, yeah, again, I mean, there's so much that we love about Kizomba that it took us two whole podcasts to get through it. And there's only six reasons. Yeah. We always end up talking longer than we expect, though, Charles. But if you're not persuaded, if you're not convinced, I I mean, I encourage anyone listening to inbox uh, Charles or myself or even better, uh, ask us to dance next time. See For sure. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys in the next podcast and have a great day. Beats.